This is the Midnight Snuggie Hour. I am your host, Sean O'Mac. Sean, however you want to call me. Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, quick programming note. This will as this will be our last show roughly till probably the end of July, start of August, as unfortunately I gotta have some oral surgery done. So I will not be able to talk real well. So we will be gone until at least the end of July, the start of August. We will, as always, just keep an eye on social media. We'll keep you updated on the Facebook and uh, on Twitter. Uh, This week is the Deathmatch Circus. And we actually have a very special guest that is going to be joining us here real soon. Before we go and talk to him, however, we'd like to thank a couple of our sponsors. First of all, we would like to thank Schwartzy and the Wake and Bake. You can catch him every morning, Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. We'd also like to thank our friends at the Pro Wrestling Edge, Daniel Mack and the Boys. You can catch new episodes of them every Tuesday, and you can catch Dan's Edge of the Mind podcast that gives you an interesting look at uh, mental health issues. You can catch that every Wednesday. Along Also, on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on Twitch, you can catch Randy West, Show Me the Money. Also, go on Facebook, check out our friend Angela Reister and her company, Violent Femmes Conceptions. And on Thursdays, you can check out Vinny Radlock and the Monster Lab and Science Podcasts, or shows, sorry. Uh, With that note, like I said, this week is Deathmatch Circus. We're looking forward to it. We're going to be there, actually. And uh, we brought somebody in that actually was... uh, kind enough to discuss the card with us so let's go see who it is right now all right ladies and gentlemen right now we got the man the golden voice and to steal a phrase i cannot wait any longer to talk to this our next guest larry fucking legend larry thank you for joining us Thank you for that introduction, and thank you for using the expletive, because, you know, I like to be very raw in my delivery at times, uh, whatever the show may be, and that involves some colorful language that, you know, growing up, I always used to think, like, you know, when my uncle gets really pissed off, or, you know, uh, you know my, my you know, gym teacher gets really pissed off, they'll sometimes let out a, a curse word. And it was very, you know, I was very aware that sometimes when things get really heated, people just let those words fly. And I used to always think when I was watching wrestling when I was younger, how come like the commentators don't ever like say, God damn it. Or like, you know, like the stuff like my uncle would say when he stubbed his toe or was really, you know, pissed off during a, a, a baseball game or a football game. Um, so now that I kind of have a voice of my own and can take liberties with the microphone, I make sure to stand up for language that's going to make people smile and kind of be like, yeah, I'm at an adult oriented, you know, show. And, and I relish any opportunity to use language like that. And I thank you for including it in my introduction to the show tonight. 
Oh, absolutely. It's one of those things where it's kind of like when you get to hear those kind of words, it makes you feel like you're in a place where, hey, you're not, maybe, not, maybe not supposed to be, but you're in the in yeah. crowd. So it's yeah. always nice. It's an element of it's an element of danger. It's an element of like X rated, R rated, NC seventeen. That um, you know, a lot of the times we all know that that exists, but because of like social constructs, you know, it has to be like PG. You know, yeah. um, you that's know. Why, so that's why I miss the Attitude Era so much in old school ECW. That's why like now going back with uh ICW and even RPW and all the promotions, it's very raw, very in-your-face, very, there's no apologies, this is who we are. Yeah, well, you hit the nail right on the head when you said those three letters, ECW, because as we kind of get further and further away from the glory days of ECW, I think we're really starting to see the type of impact that, uh, you know, the music and the attitude and the personalities and sort of just like not being perfect, like how how kind of like uh you know bringing to light that the production is not always going to be flawless the bodies are not always going to be like ripped you know but it, it but that didn't matter because it was entertaining and part of that entertainment came from kind of like that like am i even supposed to be watching this is this supposed to be on tv you know um so yeah i'm so happy to be a part of icw because i feel like as soon as you see the ring and the setup, whether it be the pit fighter or the chains, you already are sort of like, what is this that I even am at? And, and, and wrestling needs that. Um, you know, my, my roommate and I were talking last week about how long we've just seen the same presentation on raw of the big screen and the ramp and the, the audience and the commentators. And like, it's never, it's never changed. It's you're never going to see anything. That's like, Oh my gosh, like everybody's on one side of the, the arena or, oh my gosh, the screen is like not there or like they're coming from the, you're never going to see that. And that's why it's so exciting to like, just watch an ICW show, to be in an ICW show, because we really kind of like give you something that's part of the old CZW expression, but like nothing else. So speaking of ECW, you guys actually not too long ago got to run in the, in the legendary Hammerstein Ballroom, what was that experience like? Well, <laughs> it wasn't us. Oh, it I'm was sorry. G- it, it's okay. It's all right. It was GCW. It was GCW. But but listen, you got the right guy on the on the show tonight because I actually have uh, done a couple shows from the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, but the first show that I did there was in 2011 on June 3rd, 2011 was the first time I ever did a show in the Hammerstein ballroom. And speaking of ECW, the show was produced by Stonecutters Media and a gentleman by the name of Steve Carroll, who was instrumental in the old ECW with Paul Heyman and Todd Gordon. Um, so Steve Carroll is kind of a music producer and just an entertainment guy. Um, and he wanted to do uh, a wrestling show. So he did a wrestling hip hop themed show. It was called the Urban Wrestling Federation. And, um, you know, he had a lot of money. This guy did. And what he, he cared about more than an actual show was like the footage. So he just booked the Hammerstein Ballroom uh, to film a, a series of pay-per-views for the Urban Wrestling Federation back in, in June of 2011. 
And that was the first time that I ever got a chance to do a show in the Hammerstein Ballroom. And if you don't know, the Hammerstein Ballroom's broken up into two levels. There's the Grand Ballroom upstairs, and there's the Hammerstein Ballroom on the main floor. And the Hammerstein Ballroom is where ECW used to run. That was the um, WWE's ECW One Night Stand pay-per-view and where GCW ran in January. I I think the show was called The World on GCW. Uh, I wasn't there, but a lot of my friends and a lot of my colleagues were getting their first opportunity to be in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, You might know the the announcer for GCW, MLJ. He is a a good personal friend of mine and I've seen his career kind of blossom from being a commentator for CZW to being like, you know, the, the announcer for GCW. And it really meant a lot for me to be able to know that someone that I knew was getting a chance to rock that massive building with all of those fans and just the kind of awe that is standing in the center of a full arena. Um, It's really something that's like, that can't be described. Funny enough, when I did the UWF show back in June of 2011, it wasn't full. It it was the Hammerstein Ballroom and there were a lot of, it was, I was, uh, Homicide was there and Eddie Kingston, Facade, uh, Ruckus, a lot of, it was a who's who and myself, I was the MC. But when we did that show, like I said, this, this promoter, Steve Carroll really just cared about the footage for being able to repurpose it on things like Tubi and Pluto. I've actually learned now because now all these years later, you can find a lot of those Urban Wrestling Federation shows on streaming services like Tubi. Uh, Of course, none of us are getting any residual checks from this, but that's the lesson that you learn when you're young and you're dumb and you want to just be on a big platform. We're not getting any money off of the repurposing of these pay-per-views we did back in 2011. But um, yeah, a lot of my my people got to do their first show in the Hammerstein Ballroom not too long ago for GCW. And that's a great thing. That's a great thing for wrestling. It's a great thing for me kind of as a quote-unquote OG to see like my, my, my little ones are getting up there and, and getting to rock arenas that I've been, been in and I've been done. And um, after I did those shows for the um, UWF, um, if you don't know, I worked for Ring of Honor for about three years in a front office position for Sinclair Broadcast Group. And during the time that I was with Ring of Honor or Sinclair, uh, Ring of Honor re- regularly ran the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, they all they didn't fill it like GCW, actually, uh, but they ran it regularly. So I was I was always up there, um, you know, got to be there for Nakamura versus Kevin Steen oh, wow. at the first War of the World, first War of the Worlds. That match was like out of this world because I didn't know Nakamura before this, but I knew a lot of the fans that were coming to the show were like, I want to see Tanahashi. I want to see Nakamura. Those were the two names I kept hearing. I want to see Tanahashi. I want to see Nakamura. I can't even remember if Okada was at that show. He had to have been, but those were the two names that I kept hearing about. And when I, when I heard that Steen was fighting Nakamura, I was like, okay, well then this, this match is going to steal the show. Cause at that time, Steen was almost in WWE. He was almost Kevin Owens. And he was going out in like kind of a blaze of glory. He had gotten himself in a great deal of good shape. He had lost a lot of weight. And he was just looking good and having really good matches. So I knew that Nakamura match was going to be something to see. But boy, was it, it, I had no, I was not prepared for like just how captivated the crowd was and how loud they were for that match and how that match kind of like propelled that show to one of the best shows of that year. I think it was 2014 
in May of 2014. It was one of the best shows of the year, hands down, of any wrestling promotion. So anyway, I'm kind of long-winded. I've been in the Hammerstein Ballroom a lot, um, and I was happy for GCW. But I think that night that GCW ran the Hammerstein Ballroom, I was doing uh, the Newark show, an ICW show in Newark. I think it was uh, 22. I think it was No Holds Barred 22, uh, which was the first show of January for ICW, the first show of the year for us. And it was, uh, you know, No Holds Barred 22, which was the show that saw Atticus uh, beat John Wayne Murdoch for the number one contendership. And a lot of other fuckery went down at that show. Shane Douglas versus Danny DeMonto. Um, it was great. Kimono Analea, you know, can't, can't really beat all of that. So... Um, but yeah, I was out at the Hammerstein Ballroom um, in January for GCW, but I was sure as hell happy that Ruckus and MLJ and a lot of my other friends, AJ Gray even, poor AJ Gray, by the way, but I was happy he got an opportunity to be in there and shine Janela and Cardona, but yeah, I wasn't on that one. I didn't I didn't get that one though, fellas. So just kind of tell us about uh, your journey to ICW and how you got involved with them and how it became uh, Larry Legend. Well, it's a, it's a great story. And I'm going to keep it short since I already talked so much. Um, I, I lived in New York from 2003 to 2013. And during that time, I was already established as the MCW, Maryland Championship Wrestling, and CZW, Combat Zone Wrestling Announcer. But it, both of those shows were in different states. CZW was in Philly. And MCW was in Maryland. And from the time I first moved to New York to be a New Yorker, I always wanted to do like a New York show. Like I knew there were shows. I knew there were indies, but I didn't know how to get in. Um, And finally, one day, a show out on Long Island that actually I came to find, find out was Mikey Whipwreck's promotion called NYWC. They needed an announcer for a commercial that they were filming. They needed a ring announcer. And this company didn't have a full-time announcer. What they used to do is they would just use one of their students. They, they, were, they ran a training facility for people that wanted to be aspiring pro wrestlers. And they would, they would just use a student who had a suit and was well-spoken to just be their announcer. Well, for this commercial, they were like, well, we need the, we need the pizzazz. We need the polish of like somebody that looks like a pro. And they reached out to CZW and they asked Maven Bentley who was the longtime promoter for CZW and sometimes would be the announcer when he had to fill in. They were like, can you come do this commercial for us? And Maven Bentley was like, you know, I'd love to do it, but I'm all the way in Philly. Um, however, the CZW announcer, Larry Legend, lives in New York. So, like, if you guys want to toss him a couple bucks, you know, I'm sure he would film a commercial. Like, he's a TV guy. Like, he would love to do that. And the NYWC promoters contacted me and I went and I did the commercial and they were like so impressed by me doing the commercial, which wasn't even a show. It was just like we were filming something that they were like, hey, you know, we do shows here like every month. And they were like, how much would it cost for us to get you to like be our announcer? And I was like, boom, finally, a New York show. It was all the way on Long Island, but still a New York show. And, um, you know, we discussed that part of it. And I became the MYWC announcer. By becoming the MYWC announcer, I now had people who were like vendors for New York wrestling shows, you know, like, you know, t-shirt sellers and figures and stuff. 
they would come and they'd set up their tables and they would, you know, sell merchandise during like different shows, indie shows. And Jack Sabbath, who ran ICW way back in the day, uh, bought his wrestling universe pop-up show to an NYWC show. And it was one that I was being the announcer for. And he's like, who is this guy? And why am I just seeing him for the first time? And he talked to the NYWC promoter and uh, he approached me and he was like, you should come check out my show. It's in Queens. And I was like, oh, I would love to. And he's like, yeah, you're my guest. Just come. And it turned out to be an ICW show. So we're talking like 2009. Wow. 2009 ICW running on Queens Boulevard next to the Elks Lodge, the original ECW Madhouse of Extreme. It was not that Elks Lodge. It was right next door to it, but it was another Elks Lodge, coincidentally. But I went to that show. And I was just standing around, you know, I knew a couple people on it, Sammy Callahan, Devin Moore, Danny DeMonto. And um, like, I was just standing around and Jack was like, hey, do you want to, you know, do some commentary? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? He's like, all right, well, it's in the back, you know, towards the rear. As long as you can see, just get on the next match. And I was like, whoa, I'm commentating a New York show. Like, and I don't even know who these people are, Um, but I did it. And I was uh, commentating with Kevin Matthews. Anyway, long story short, Jack told me, come to my next show. I might have something for you. I went to the next show. Steve DeAngelis, the old ECW announcer, was his announcer at the time. And Jack had booked a few CZW guys. So he told me to come to his next show. And he was like, what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you do the CZW guys intros. So like Drake fought Nick Gage, I think. And I did their match. And um, Black Cheese and Sammy Callahan were in a four-way against Bruno Marciano and Bandito Jr. And I announced that match. And after I did that for free, Jack was like, hey, I want you to start coming to all my shows. And he's like, and we're not going to tell Steve this because we love Steve. And he's like kind of the guy. But I'm going to have you kind of replace him. Um, Slowly but surely, we're going to have you and him do shows together. I'll pay you. Uh, but eventually, I'm just going to tell him, you know, we don't need you to come to any more shows. We're going to have Larry do it. And that was that, my birth in, East, in ICW. I started in 2009 doing commentary for free and then doing like CZW matches on ICW shows. And then eventually Jack Sabbath decided to replace Steve DeAngelis with me. And the rest is history. I've always done ICW shows as their primary announcer all the way up until Danny DeMonto made a business arrangement with Jack Sabbath, purchased the company from him and changed it into an all deathmatch federation. And I'm tailor-made for that because a lot of people know me through CZW and doing a lot of hardcore anyway. So um, through the evolution of ICW from the time that I started as a commentator in 2009 to now what we have in 2022, like the number one deathmatch company in the country, I'd say, like number one in the country of just straight death matches. Um, it's been a wild journey. Um, and it's crazy. <clears throat> it's crazy to me to realize that I've been doing this for 20 years in December. And a decade of those years has been as the ICW announcer. And that decade kind of snuck up on me because ICW, when I first arrived, wasn't even my primary fed. I'd say that when I first arrived, my primary fed was MCW and CZW. Those were the shows that I wouldn't miss. Those were the shows where I was kind of known by the crowd. ICW was like new to me. I knew a lot of the guys that were on the shows, but 
there were a lot of other guys like the Grim Reefer and Azriel and Papadon, New York guys that I had no clue about. So I kind of had to win a lot of those guys over because they really didn't know me. Um, but that's where looking the part really helped me out because if there's one thing that I've always maintained throughout my entire career, it's always like kind of being dressed very sharply, like looking like a master of ceremonies, not looking like, you know, some schlemiel from off of the street that just like said, hey, I can announce, but looking like that when you see me come out, the show's about to start. Just like how when you used to see Howard Finkel come out, the show's about to start. And usually when you would see the Fink come out, he would get that first pop. The first like sort of audible kind of like cheer from the crowd would be like, oh shit, Howard Finkel's coming out. Time to go. Here we go. You know, so I get to maintain that level of showmanship all the way through. And thank God for someone like Danny DeMonto, who takes someone like me and what I bring to the table. And it's like, hey, I want to I want to promote this as kind of like a key component or a core element of what you get when you see an ICW show, whether it be the pit or the chains, you get Larry. And that is kind of special. It makes ICW even more special than anything else. I definitely think you, you're one of the louder pops I've ever heard for a ring announcer. And there's something genuinely special when you get the stick that you know you're seeing something special that you don't always get to see. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'll reveal something to you. Danny DeMonto and I go back years so far that um, at one point, GCW, um, who you just mentioned about in um, the Hammerstein in January, at one point, GCW was myself and Danny DeMonto and Brett Lauderdale now, I didn't do anything with, like, the booking. I, I, I don't like to do that stuff because it's just so much arguing that it makes me not like wrestling. Um, but I definitely was a, a core component to the early days of GCW. Um, and it's funny because um, Danny told me that, like, even back in the day when we used to do GCW and Howell, he used to say that he always would want to bring up something like where, hey, can we do something like play music for Larry when he comes out or do something where we're like, and here's the announcer of GCW, Larry Legend, like kind of like a, an announcement for the announcer. And he said that whenever he would bring that up, like they would always, and when I say they, I mean, Brett Lauderdale would always be like, ah, oh, we don't got time for that. Oh, why are we going to do that? Like, no, just get Larry out there and start the fucking show. Um, and Danny told me that one of the reasons he likes to start the show off with handing the microphone to me and kind of like getting that whole Larry, Larry, Larry going is because he always wanted to do that. He always wanted to do something where it was like, here's our guy. Here's the guy that you're always going to see for the ICW show. We love this guy. This guy loves you. Now do your fucking job and start the fucking show. And that's kind of like the, the vibe of every ICW. And I really appreciate it. And I, 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 I can't think of an ICW show without that. Um, and it's kind of become a staple of, of, of our presentation. So, yeah, it's, um, I get that pop because Danny makes it so. I get that pop because I'm good at what I do. I've been doing it for 20 years 
and because Danny makes it so that we start our show off with him welcoming the crowd and then it being time for him to hand this microphone to the best fucking announcer in the game today, Larry Mother fucking legend. legend. And I even 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 as I'm saying that right now, a lot of what I do with the introductions involves rhythm. It involves kind of like, um, you know, if the name is like Neil Diamond Cutter, like sort of like doing that here, we go. And even with the way that Danny does that, Larry, mother fucking legend. It's almost like the way that you kind of rev up a lawnmower that just won't start. You know, the sound that it makes when it's like trying to kick over and you're like, but then finally you get to that legend and you let it rip. And that's where it's like, okay, now it's oh, time yeah. to mow it's the lawn. definitely, it's definitely an art form where you got to find your cadence. To... Yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. And, and he sets me up for success because a lot of what I do involves, um, you know, that cadence and that rhythm and that tempo uh, to make my intros like second to none. And by doing that, I can call myself Larry Legend. I can't have anyone that says that. I can't have anyone to say you're not. There's no argument argument about it. Yeah. But, Larry, let's get into why one of the reasons we brought you in. Deathmatch Circus coming up. Oh, yeah. Two weeks in a couple weeks here. Um, This is the third time you guys have been out with uh, Ruthless Pro Wrestling RPW. Uh, First Circus was back in October at. out in Fenton, Michigan. And uh, I always remember that first one because I always remember the uh, ringmaster outfit, which was one of my favorites, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, you know, <clears throat> so <laughs> I'm glad you bring that up because here's the here's the gift and the curse of being Larry Legend. I love that ringmaster outfit as well. But, you know... I can't just keep doing the same outfit because then that's not legendary, you know? So like every time we've done the deathmatch circus, um, I've had some sort of alteration. I've done like, um, you know, a ghoul, you know, a ghoul version of the ringmaster. I've done the straight on ringmaster. Last year I did a clown. uh, Danny called me a clown mime ringmaster. Um, But you know, I'm going to have to pull out my bag of tricks now and do something different because, um, you know, again, if you're going to go by legend, okay, what does that word mean? It means you're not just recycling the same old plain old thing that people have seen. It means that you're going to have to just keep going bigger. So Danny has made it so that I do get the really big pop at the beginning of the show, but he also has made it so that I kind of have to live up to the expectation you know, I can't I can't come out there and the same thing over and over again. And the Deathmatch Circus is a lot of fun, but it is also a lot of work. Okay, it is a lot of work. And I don't mean to sort of sell what the athletes do short at all, because they are putting their bodies through all types of macabre mayhem uh, for, you know, the, the enjoyment of the fans and the, the prosperity of it all. But as an announcer, as an announcer, it is a brutal affair for me. It is a brutal affair for me because there's show one, there's show two, there's show three, there's show four, and quite possibly there's RPW. 
because I know RPW's in the mix too. And I'm sure Chris is going to hit me up and be like, hey, man, we loved you the last one. You want to do our show? And as much as I'd love to do that show, I got to think about my bread and butter, which is ICW. That's what got me to the dance. So I'd love to do RPW. I'd love to make that extra Skrilla on my weekend. But I also got to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm right as Dodgers for the fourth ICW show as much as I am for the first ICW oh, yes. show. You know what I mean? So 20 years of experience means I, 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 I'm smarter than the average bear. And I'm not just going to go for the gusto and be like, oh, yeah, I want to do out. I want to do it all. I want to do it all because I've lived through enough mania weekends. I've lived through enough, uh, you know, mania weekends, whether they be in New Orleans or Orlando or, or or wherever to realize that those weekends, they're really lucrative. But they also take a, they take years off your career. You know, I remember one of those weekends, Sammy Callahan did like 14 matches. And yes, yeah, Sammy wow. Callahan got back on his plane or got in his car with a bag full of money, but he could hardly hold that ass up. Yeah, you know, just... after the week after the VDs, after the weekend he had down in Orlando, that mania weekend, I was like, "Good God!" You know, he couldn't talk. His, his voice was like, but by the end of it, he couldn't even talk. Uh, I understand. I have a friend in the business that uh, I will not disclose name for certain reasons, but. Uh, we were talking after he did about three days and three matches and he could barely talk. And I'm like, bro, are you okay? He goes, man, you don't understand how much work this takes to be this the whole time. I, I, I learned it as well from AR Fox, another wrestler who during like, you know, the early 2010s, 2011 was really grinding there would be times where I would be trying to talk to AR Fox after the show and he could hardly, he had no goddamn voice. And I'm like, bro, you weren't screaming. He's like, I know, but it's just the going over the match in the back, you know, riding to the show and talking to, you know, my fiance, you know, talking to you and, you know, whatever. By the time we get to the end of the show, I'm dead. You know, I'm dead. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I, 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 I'm, I'm excited about the Deathmatch Circus, but I also know I got a lot of tea. I got a lot of honey. I get a lot of relaxing, a lot of salt water, a lot of gargling, a lot of sort of just like um, I did the Casanova Valentine uh, Brooklyn deathmatch no ring show recently. And before that show, I had done an LGBTQ themed show right before that in New Jersey. And when I got to the Casanova Valentine show, anybody that I interacted with, I was talking to them like, yeah, so I'm going to go. And they were like, why are you talking like that? Do you have a voice? And I was like, I have a voice, but I need to save it. I need to save it for when it was time to get on the microphone and actually ring hell's bells to let people know that the show is about to start, to let people know we're at the middle of the show, and to let people know, thank you for coming out, drive home safely, you know? So I got to take care of my instrument. I got to take care of myself, you know, and get through the ICW part of the weekend. And then maybe we'll think, and possibly you'll see me on the RPW show doing something too. I also don't want to take anything away from anybody else because a lot of the times when I, when ICW travels and we do these joint efforts, a lot of these companies already have their their own announcers. You know, Kirby Alexander or or um, you know Don. I don't know what his name is. The uh, Don. Don you know, yeah, Don Georgie. You know, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? From one announcer to another announcer, when I see Don Georgie or or, or Marty the Mouth. Or something like that. I'm like, dude, do your thing. You're saving me some time. I'm here and I'll do the ICW part of the show. Y'all go ahead and rock out with your you-know-what out. 
And, you know, it's like, so, yeah, I don't want to step on anybody's toes as well. This is a big weekend for a lot of people. It doesn't have to be all me. You know, I, we can all eat. We can all eat together. So... And it's gonna it's gonna be a crazy event. A lot of rabid fans and a lot of deathmatch wrestling, a lot of good wrestling, and it really just boosts the whole sport, I think, as a whole, and puts a lot of eyes on independent wrestling these co these co branded shows. Yeah, you know what it does. It um it really uh it harkens to the like we the people vibe of like Jack Swagger and, and Zeb Coulter to call back to like a whole like kind of movement that kind of fizzled out, but I thought really had some legs if done right. You know, you've got the bigs, your WWE and your AEW, but let us not ever forget about ECW and how they bubbled to the point that they couldn't be ignored, you know, and that's the indies, you know, that's not the corporate sponsor. That's the do it yourselfers. That's the selling mixtapes out of the back of your trunk. That's us. That's ICW. That's GCW. That's all the little guys. So as long as there are little guys, I'm going to be on team little guy because (laughs) the people who were on team little guy when ECW blew up, look at them now. Okay. And it's not going to be something that happens overnight, but I have enough faith in just what you said, the rabid fans of deathmatch wrestling and also some of the most heart heartfelt fans i know ne- oh, i have definitely. never have, i never i never have fears a lot of my friends see the types of shows that i do and just by looking at the crowd a lot of the times they're like oh you better you better make sure you you're not out there by yourself like i get kind of like that type of like kind of like oh i don't know about the dumb people they look like they probably won't like you and i'm like bro you have no idea how safe i feel oh, yeah at these shows nobody would ever let anything happen to a hair on my head it's so funny because if you listen just like if you watch on the iwtv or if you're there for the first time live in the audience you'd think the you'd think the audience is very bloodthirsty and very bloodlust but it's really just like so much of a family that we all that we all just know each other from going to all these shows that you know as much as there's the yeah, we want to see violence. There's all that, hey, man, make sure you get home okay. Make sure, you know, there's always a throwing her arm around around your fellow man that, you know, it's all, we're one big family. You know what you're talking about right now? You're talking about church. And you're talking about the atmosphere of a congregation and how we all kind of convene for this common thing. We're not praising the Lord, obviously, but we're all getting together for this thing that we're going to watch and we're going to experience together. And it's something that a lot of people love. And when you share that love together, that sense of camaraderie is built where it's like, I can't wait to see that face again. Because when I see that face again, that means I'm going to see this shit again that I really fucking love. You know, and you get forward, you get, you look forward to seeing the Andy Lawlers and the, you know, all of the, all of the diehards, you know, t- Tony Normans right there in the, in the crowd, Tony you know, and that's why it the hurts Donald, so bad. The Donald Hollins, the Piss The Jones. Donald Hollins, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Gabe Romero's and, and, and every, Jason Kelly's everybody. When, when, and that's why it hurts so much when we lose people, when people pass away, you know, or, uh, you know, both in the locker room and also in the crowd. Because it's family, and we build that sense of family by getting together however often that we can, 
to like see these shows and, and experience, you know, the kickoff and the best match and the main event and the we'll see you next time. And it's just um I, I, I tweeted it was an ICW show we did not too long ago. And afterwards I tweeted, and I don't do this often, but I had to do it. I tweeted, um, the amount of times that I hear the words, I love you at the ICW shows, both backstage and out in the crowd is like enough to make me like not even have woes, like the other parts of life that are like bills and relationship stuff and like job and like all of the other things the amount like the getting together for icw shows and just the amount of times that gail patrick's is like I love, if you watch gail patrick's he mouths i love you in the ring to me every single match before we start to fight and it's like that's like our ritual again going back to church and why like we like love this thing and love each other so much you know i have my rituals with everybody and there are so many guys Big old Justin Kyle, I love you, Larry. You know, like hugging me and stuff. Red shoes, I love you, Larry. You know, it's just so much love, you know. So I feel so safe at deathmatch shows, and the deathmatch uh, community is a prime example of don't judge a book by its cover. Because for all those iron crosses you see and spider web tattoos, there's so much love teaming through all these shows. It's like you never would imagine anything really serious would would be any harm would come to anyone, uh, despite how violent the actual thing is. So let's get into this card a little bit. Night one, we got No Holds Bar twenty seven. Uh, we got Jeff King versus Hoodfoot. Mm. That sounds to me like a nice old school fight. I'm going to tell you what I love about Jeff King. Jeff King is one of the most vocal wrestlers I've ever been around. He makes noise the entire time he's wrestling. And the noises that he makes are very reminiscent of kind of like a mm, Bruiser Brody or Mick Foley. Like in between the offense and in between, you know, him defending himself, there's always some sort of audible coming out. Like, and that's so old school. And then you got Hoodfoot, who to me is an epitome of kind of like, again, what we were talking about, about bodies in ECW, how you can have a Balls Mahoney or an Axel Rotten or a, uh, you know, a, a, a rotund big guy go out there and captivate the crowd on the same level that RVD or Jerry Lynn or, 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 or uh, you know, um, Tajiri did. And, and I stand by that. All those names that I just mentioned, those bigger guys, Bam Bam Bigelow. All those big guys in ECW who you did, wouldn't think would were going to be like show stealers would go out there and stand toe-to-toe with any other match on the card. Landstorm versus Balls Mahoney, like second match on the card, banger, four and a half stars and like seven minutes. It was great, you know? So Jeff King, Hoodfoot, old school battle, lots of blood. I can't wait for that one. Next we got the Bev from 440 going up against Kaplan. Now, you know, I don't know that much about Kaplan. I'm going to throw myself under the bus. I don't know that much about Kaplan. Well, well, if you're going to throw yourself under the bus, I will too. Then I, I'm just learning about Kaplan myself. But what I was going to say is that I sit in an office of different 
connoisseurs of deathmatch wrestling. I'm talking people like The Struggles, Weapons Master Ryan, Tom's Customs, who does all the graphics, and a few other people that shall remain nameless. I sit, in, sit on, the, on the board of directors, and that name, Kaplan, has been talked about and buzzed about amongst the ICW management for a while now. And there are several quote unquote executives that are just waiting for people to get an opportunity to see what Kaplan brings to the table. And there are also a lot of fans. I saw a lot of, a lot of supporters like, oh, finally we get Kaplan in this motherfucker to show you what it's like. And I, I'm looking forward to that. And the beverage Bobby Beverly, the deathmatch enforcer, never seen him have a bad match. And that match with Reed that he had in Tennessee, in Red Bank, Tennessee, I forget which, I think it was 20. No holds barred, 20. Oh, God. Oh, God. Go back and watch that match. The beverage in the ring with anybody I'm looking forward to. Friends of the show out there, you can always check out ICW, No Holds Bar on IWTV. All the content's there. Give them yeah. a shout out. Uh, oh, yeah. Next, Larry, we had someone that we saw make her debut back in the chains back in Chicago. Uh, that is Miss Randy West. And she put feelers out and said, hey, I want to be a part of the chains at at Circus. Well, she got her wish. And she's going to be stepping in with the boss, Danny Damano. Yeah. Danny put out there, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. So he's he's coming. So, you know, um, he always comes. Danny DeMonte is known for coming and coming hard. But I'm going to tell you something. One of my favorite things to do in my role is to go up to the wrestlers in the back and ask them, in addition to your name, you know, Randy West Hoodfoot, do you want me to say that you're anything like the King of Death or the Duke of Hardcore? Is there any moniker? And Randy West makes me say that she is the toughest broad in the business. And I feel like that she's going to want me to say that before this match because she knows how hard Danny comes and she's going to want it. She's going to want him to lay it the fuck in. Randy West, over the past, I'd say, year, has really kind of had a, a, a dreamy career. I remember the first time I saw her, someone gave her like a gory special off the stage at No Peace Underground. And I just remember her head ricocheting off the I floor. Remember this was like, remember it was off the stage. I remember stage that. That was a gauntlet of death, actually. They, they, they chicken winged her. And they and they gory specialed her like face first. And I remember thinking to myself, holy shit, who is that blonde broad? And is she alive? Uh actually the first time I saw her was last June. It was uh her and Mickey Knuckles in a Typhoon of Tubes match at RPW. And they just that- they just beat the hell out of each other. I'm was like that- who she just like I'm like I don't know who this woman is, but goddamn, yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. She wants us to keep going, goddamn, and who better oh, to yeah. make us go goddamn with than the cold-hearted player Danny DeMonto? And you know he has something to prove too, because as the promoter, 
he hates it when people are always fishing for like matches or trying to get into ICW by being like, got a free Saturday and I'll be in Jersey. He hates that. So oh, I yeah. think he wants to send a message like if you want it, come get it, but it's going to look like this. So I'm looking forward to that one too. Uh, next up, we got Josh Bishop against the super fight beast, Justin fucking Kyle. Well, let me tell you fellas something. Larry Legend came for Hoss. That's my fight, okay? I, 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 as big and plotting as a fight between, like, let's say a big show and Kane might be, that's the match that I like to see. I like to see Bam Bam versus Boss Man. I like to see the big old boys battle. If you don't know, Josh Bishop is a big boy, okay? And we already know how big the Super Fight Beast is. So I'll be looking forward to Josh Bishop Bishop testing himself in the chains with the Super Fight Beast. That's going to be a banger of a match. Next, we got the human meat grinder, Schlack, facing off against the Death Samurai, Akira. Public animal number one. From right up Schitt's Creek, Schlack, my brother. I say that with pride because Schlack and I have a very storied history together. And a lot of people are going to be learning a lot more of it when that documentary comes out later this year. Uh, But that's another visit, you know, or another talk. Um, He's going to kill him. He's going to kill him. Um, Akira's little. And it's like a pit bull versus a terrier. Uh, but you see, the thing about it is, is that um, terriers have a lot of fight in them. And a lot of the times, like, uh, a, a small dog with a lot of fight in it can actually outfox a bigger dog. So I believe in Akira, but I know what Schlack is, and I'm thinking Schlack's going to mow him down, and it's going to be very violent, and that's what we want. So I'm looking forward to that, too, a lot. Next, we got a very intriguing match, and one one of the ones that you know I'm intrigued to see. We got the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, against the lovable, lovable psychopath, Tommy Vendetta. Now we saw this once before in the pit. We saw this once before in the pit. It was a well, so it was supposed to be. Um, I, I really my numbers get really fogged up, but it was supposed to be NHP. I think 15, sixteen. No. 15, it was the Michigan, our first it was a, to Michigan. It was supposed to be uh, the Saturday show for Fenton, I believe, and then due and then to weather complications, a, we, it had to be in the pit. In the barn, yeah. We turned the, we turned the barn into the pit, and that's the first time we saw uh, Vendetta and, and John Wayne Murdoch. And it was, um, it was a banger then, and I think, it's, um, I think John needs to get himself back on his winning ways because we've been seeing him, like, uh, not really live up to the – 2020 IWTV wrestler of the year. He's always has a great match, but you know, this is a good one because John has to hold on to his spot. We don't have rankings, obviously, but John needs to, you know, plant that flag down that I'm the damn Duke, but Tommy Vendetta kind of a hometown hero and a lot to prove. So yeah, it's a, it's a who's who pick them in that one. And I'm looking forward to it too. This next match, not only am I excited that I'm going to get to see this in person because I'm a fan of the the participants in this, but also because 
God damn it. You guys put out a hell of a poster for this that is my current my uh phone wallpaper. And right then on. it's Cruel versus the Kurtz. I absolutely love before we get into that match, that poster was one of the best things I've ever seen. And I don't think you're gonna be able to see it, but it is my it is my background on my phone. So Here's the thing. Uh, I, I, I just want to. I just want to go ahead and give the devil his due. Okay, I'm going to give the devil his due. Uh, we've always kind of thought of cruel as as a monster. We've always thought of him as a monster. Um, and I have I have heard some fans refer to him as Jason X because of his mask. In particular, they referred to him as Jason X. But I truly think that it was his match with Casanova Valentine. At No Holds Bar 25, when Casanova kind of cosplayed Freddy Krueger. Yes. That really pushed the whole, like, cruel kind of being an adjacent to Jason figure. And I don't think it's any coincidence that right after that match and right after we saw the images of Casanova with the glove in the in the Freddy-themed sweater and hat stabbing cruel up, and it was like, yeah, this motherfucker's Jason. This is Jason goes yeah. to hell, you know? So, um, and yes, that is an awesome, awesome, awesome poster. Uh, and I'm a big Jason fan. I'm a big horror movie fan, but slashers in particular are always been my jammy. So yeah, it's awesome to kind of now in a kind of adjacent way, be like a horror movie kind of like producer or like you know I, I don't even know what you would I don't even know what you would call it but you would imagine that if, if tape stores still existed that a lot of the deathmatch shows would be like kind of near the horror section or, or the faces oh, yeah. of death you know you know people who want to watch like kind of like macabre real uh stuff happening uh that was filmed for entertainment purposes. I think the most intriguing thing about this match is a, Casey who's gonna stop cruel because he's been on a tear and ICW, but also Casey is just, she's been on a tear of her own. I know. And that's, and that's, see, every, see, if you haven't noticed every single match we've set up, said, I'm really looking forward to it. And that's, that's, that's why I don't like the booking part of it because I honestly don't know if I would have been able to come up with matchups that are this kind of like head to toe, this is going to be a good show. Oh, There's yeah. not one match that you've said right now that I'm like, oh, that one's going to be the one I'm going to get the popcorn on. There's not been yeah. one. I'm going to see them all. So, um, yeah, with I, Casey on the on the tear that she's on and Cruel on the tear that he he's on and Brandon Kirk. Oh, Brandon yeah. Kirk's Brandon another Kurt's, one, yeah. Kurt's been on quite a roll himself. Indeed. And, and uh, just watching them, the Kurt's, and just how love them or hate them, they'll get a reaction out of you oh, for yeah. better or for worse. And I think they're some of the, my humble opinion, I think those two are some of the better heels in the Indies right now and the hottest heels in the Indies right now. And I'm just interested to see because this is all kind of coming to an impasse where, like I said, no one's been able to stop Cruel. Can Brandon and Casey pull it off? Well, I think the answer is going to be no, but we sure are going to enjoy watching them try. <laughs> and it's going to be a fun match, like I said. And yeah. and I hope one day that that, 
that poster actually turns into a poster because oh oh that, oh oh oh, oh. I, I I want that poster. I'm not even going to lie. If there's one thing Danny knows how to do, it's how to make a buck. Then we got in the main event for the American Deathmatch title. We got Eric Ryan against a man that we actually interviewed earlier, the smash hit Joel Bateman. Well, this is going to be a rematch. And it, Yes, it is going to be a rematch. Bateman is going to try to regain his title that I believe he lost to Eric Ryan, if I'm correct. Yes, yes. He uh, he lost the title to Eric Ryan uh, the last time we were in Chattanooga in a surprise uh, impromptu match. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's going to get his chance to win it back from him. Um, it's a hell of a main event. You know, again, that's a hard body too much booking. You got to... You got to build to that crescendo to the top of the roller coaster, if you will. Um, and the top of the roller coaster has to be the main event. And it technically has to be the most fun going down the main event. And I feel like with two heavy hitters, like the two time and reigning, and I guess final king of the death match ever since IW, IWA Mid South is no more. You know, I guess he'll be the, the king of death forever. Um, <laughs> Eric Ryan and uh, the smash hit Joel Bateman. With two heavy hitters like that, that's like, that's like, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. And it's great that we get to have someone all the way from Australia come and do battle and spill blood here in the United States. So after that, as if you couldn't get enough bangers of matches, then we go into the pit. And yeah, that's the that's the same night, right? Same night. We go to the pit and one of the ones we start off with we which they faced off each other against each other earlier this year in a different promotion, but you got Bait Joel Bateman and Tommy Vendetta in the pit. Which you know, should it's be gonna fun. Be, it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be interesting, it's gonna be interesting to see how how much damage I mean, if you think about who both of those guys are facing mere hours before, that's going to be a tall drink of water, my friend. You know, that's going to be, that's not going to be an easy task. Uh, So, yeah, we'll see who wins in that one, but it's going to be a real dogfight right there in the pit. Then we also got going in the pit. Fans of uh, RPW will remember this back at Cold-Blooded, but facing off in the pit, you got MM3, Malcolm Monroe Third against Neil Diamond Cutter. Yeah, um, very special for me because we'll be welcoming Neil back after somewhat of a hiatus in the pit, and also because it, MM3 saw me at a... Whatever the first one was we did in Fenton, because it was RPW, not Code Orange, but whatever that RPW was. And he was uh, like, Inked in Blood, I believe it was. Inked in Blood, yes. He was like, Oh man, Larry Legend. And I was like, Yeah. And he was like, One of these days, man, I promise you, you're going to be announcing me. And I was like, Maybe I will, kid. Maybe I will. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to be in the pit watching those two go at it. Similarly sized fighters, 
and uh, be fulfilling the legacy that uh, Malcolm, you know, kind of prophesied that one day I'd be announcing him, and now I am. Next fight we got that that's on paper, and I'm sure it's not going to disappoint because it looks very intriguing. We got the Bev again against the super fight beast, Justin Kyle. Now that is a combustible match. Justin Kyle is an unstoppable beast. That's what he is. He but lives Bev, up to the name. He, he, he lives up to the name, but the Bev, again, has done things that defy human capabilities. The blood he spilt, the fights he's had, and um, he's the deathmatch enforcer. So we'll see. Who knows? 440 might get involved. There's always a always a chance 440 could be around. We also got Tank with the Reverend versus a man we haven't seen around in a little bit making his return, the Carver. Oh, yes. To, uh, well, I mean, the Tank and the Reverend are always must-see. And the Carver is definitely a sight to be held. So when you get a must-see act like the Reverend and Tank and, and the Carver making his return... Gosh, just thinking about what we're seeing is making me hungry. I'm talking about for blood. Oh, yes. Next, we got a rematch from the pit back in Fenton. We got Brandon Kurt going up against former Detroit Red Wing, Darren McCarty. Four-time Detroit, four-time Stanley Cup winner, Darren McCarty. Yes. And these two just crossed paths again back at No Holds Bar 25. Uh, Darren was in Tommy Vendetta's corner against uh, Brandon Kurt. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, Darren tangled with him one time, and I think we all were surprised at how well he did. Who knows? He might be able to eke one out this time. And then your main event in the pit, presumably for the American Deathmatch champion, we got the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, against Eric Ryan, which that's just going to be, it's going to be a bar fight, basically. Again, with the fights that they both had the day or earlier, it's like, you never know if we'll even get to see that match. I mean, we've seen it, and we've seen what they can do. If they can make it to the match, uh, if Eric Ryan is still the champion, if John Wayne Murdoch can even hold that ass up, then it's going to be what we know and expect and love from them. Pure, unadulterated violence. Non-stop head-stomping and ass-kicking, you know? Um I, I honestly don't know how much damage they have. Are there, the, who knows? We just got to wait and see, but it's going to be a good one. The thing with the pit is a lot of those matches, it's going to determine how much punishment some of these guys take in their mag- earlier matches in the night because some of these guys that are competing in the pit, they don't have, none of these matches are going to be a walks in the park. 
You know what? You bring up a good point. And, you know, it is not uncommon for matches in the pit to end abruptly. So with just thinking about the damage everybody's taken, uh, a lot of them, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we see just sort of a a two-piece, as they call it on the streets, a one-two on that jaw, and it's over. FSPO calls it, so. So then we go into night two. ICW no holds bar 28 and we got tank again with the reverend against Satu Jin of the rejects. Ooh. That's oh, going to be fun. Two yeah. two big men just beating the hell out of each other. Carving each other up. That is if the carver doesn't take too much out of tank the night before. That is very true. Then we got another fun match, the Bev Against Hoodfoot, Mo Atlas. Whew. Lord, I mean, again, if Bev is in one piece, uh, uh, I guess that's kind of the appeal of it. It's like, let's see what these these warriors are looking like when they go in for their third battle of the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's see, let's see these horses work. That's probably a terrible analogy to make because they're they're men, they're human beings. But, but they, you know what I mean. You got this you is, this is going to be like the gut check uh, time for what do they while. call it? The triple the triple crown, yes. the Preakness, the Kentucky Derby, the Belmont Stakes. That's what this is like. The, del- the death match circus. Oh yes. So another match coming up that was actually the opening match back at uh, the first death match circus for ICW. Brandon Kurt against Akira. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, those guys are great. I mean, that's just going to be a good fight. Um, that, that's going to be, I mean, I, 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 can, I can envision it. I remember visions of it, and I can envision how great it's going to be again. Um, I just kind of, as we, as, we, as we run down the tail of the tape, as it were, I'm just thinking about some of these guys' bodies. And how raggedy and what we were talking about, you know, also with the opportunity to do the RPW show, um, how many of these guys are going to be doing matches there? Yeah, it's going to. It's going to get ugly. It's it's definitely going to be how much do you got left in the tank? No pun intended. A hundred percent. Then we got another one that's going to be just a fight to the death. Joel Bateman against the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch. Good God. Lord. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just thinking about the amount of blood that everybody's going to lose. I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to curse anything or be prognosticator or prognostication, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of these matches are, are scrapped. Just thinking about logistically how much a man could put its body through. Oh, oh yeah. Some of these guys, like, when we get to the main event alone, it's not getting any easier for some of these guys. But, you know, that kind of inspires me. That inspires me a lot of the times when I'm really tired and my voice is really hoarse to just keep on plowing because, you know... It's no way John Wayne Murdoch can just like say, guys, I'm too tired. Can't wrestle for y'all. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give him goosebumps before he goes out there to do his last fight, his middle fight, his first fight. But the thing about it is, is I'm a component of every one of them. 
you know? So it's like, we're working together and I don't want to let them down, but I'm glad we're going over the tail of the tape so I can count how many matches I'm doing so I can make sure I ask for that much money. <laughs> uh, next match, looking forward to, as I said, uh, Casey Kurt looks to keep on her winning streak as she faces the leather daddy himself, Dale Patricks. Let me tell you, that match is, uh, oh, oh, uh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen uh, Dale Patricks in the past kind of get, get a little loose, you know? So uh, who knows? He might come up out of his pants. You never know. I'd be wearing, be wearing a thong. You know, I've seen Dale in that fashion before. That one could get interesting then. Yeah, who knows? Casey might strip him down. We find out he's got a bra and panties on. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he is the deathmatch jackass, or, or the leather daddy now, actually. But you never know. Then we might- have... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just... I was, I was using my imagination. Let's keep on with the tail. <laughs> uh... We got another American Deathmatch champion, and well, for for Eric Ryan, it doesn't get any easier for him as he faces the human meat grinder, Schlack. If I were a betting man, I would bet that Eric Ryan is not going to survive as the American Deathmatch champion, but he is the undisputed king of the death. This is what he does. He does iron death matches. So maybe I need to shut the fuck up and not sell the king short because you don't become the king just because somebody appointed you the king. You fight for that shit. And for two years now, he has successfully won a tournament, which means he fights three times in a night. Not three times across two nights, three times in a night. Which is crazy. So who knows, you know, I, I I would say a betting man probably wouldn't bet he would walk out the champion, but maybe maybe your best bet is Eric Ryan. This last match, you know, it's it's Freddie versus Jason, it's Michael Myers versus Pinhead. You got cruel against the carver. You know what that is? That's Leatherface versus Jason. That is wow, true. you know what? It's it's so funny because I I imagine again, like I said, I don't like to take I don't like to take part in the booking, but I imagine that when they are sort of spitballing ideas, that this is almost kind of how organically they come up with it, like looking at cast and cool coming up with the cruel Kirk's poster. Okay, let's keep going with this theme. What else can we do with cruel as a monster versus another deathmatch? The Carver. Let's do cruel. Versus the Carver, you got Leatherface and Jason matches matchups that wrestling fans have wanted to see forever. You know, we kind of got it in Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, and that, I saw that movie twice. Last two movies I saw twice: Freddy versus Jason and Kung Fu Hustle. I went to the movies back to back to see them. You know, um, because of the fights. You know, um, so yeah, that's gonna be. So not to put you on the spot, Larry, but I gotta ask. Out of all these matches, what's the most that you're looking forward to during circus? Or what's one of them? You know, um, sentimentally, I got to say probably Neil versus MM3. 
probably because of, of, of that moment. You see, at this point, I've, um, I've announced in Madison Square Garden, I've announced, you name it, I've announced them. I've done a lot of things. But it's moments like that where somebody says to me as kind of like an OG having announced for 20 years, when like a younger wrestler meets me and it's like, one day I'm going to be announced by you. And then that day actually comes. That kind of like makes me want to like really make it even more special for that wrestler, you know? So it's, so for me, you know, I am looking forward to the, the beefy boys battling Satu and Tank. I'm looking forward to the entire fucking weekend. I'm not looking forward to what my outfits are going to be. Cause you know, I got to be legendary and I'm just trying to put it all together right now. It's <laughs> we're even going down it. Not looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to seeing somebody's dreams come true. You know, and, and, and it was a, it was kind of like a passing moment. I just arrived. It was getting messed up together. And he's like, wow, Larry Legend, one of these days, I'm going to be announced by you. And I'm like, maybe you will, kid. Maybe you will. And here we are. So probably probably that match. So we're getting close to the, to the time. Larry, where can uh, we find you on social media? Oh, well, on Instagram, you can follow me at Real Larry Legend, all one word, Real Larry Legend, and that's uh that's my alternate Instagram. I also have an Instagram that's um now this is kind of difficult. I'm going to do it the best I can, but it's um at Larry underscore L three G three N D three. So that's L three G three N. D three Larry underscore. And then that last part. And then on Twitter, B L K L K P that's Barry, Larry, Karen, Larry, Karen, Patrick, B L K L K P on Twitter. And then on YouTube, I'm Larry legend. And on Facebook, I'm Larry legend. Last question before we let you go, Larry, you've been in the game. You said for 20 years, is there that dream match that you hope maybe one day you get to, announce both competitors in the ring no there's no there's no one dream match like i'm there's no there's not one match in particular that i um i i want to announce i can tell you that there are three individuals who i used to announce regularly that i miss announcing uh, they are John Moxley, Leo Rush, and Ricochet. So I would say that more than wanting to like announce Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, more than wanting to announce like any one match, um, I am looking forward to announcing my friends again, uh, some way, somehow. All of those people are in different companies than any that I work for, but I know that you know it's a small wrestling world when you look at the big picture. So I, I looking forward to the next time I get to bring any three of them out. And I also just found out I, chances are I'm going to be announcing Dante Martin versus Ruckus. Oh, wow. Uh, Ruckus. Yeah, I know. Right. This is for Sean Henderson's, uh, uh, inter intergender bonanza is the show that he throws out of the H2O wrestling Academy, but he has, he has that coming up Dante Martin versus Ruckus. And, um, if you don't know, I started, uh, really, becoming Larry Legend by being the personal announcer for Ruckus and Blackout. So for me, kind of an OG in the game to be with Ruckus and announce him against one of the new young lions in the game. 
things like that. That's so it's not, I, I I never thought of that matchup. I never thought like, oh, I'm going to announce Ruckus versus Dante Martin. But somehow that came together and I have the opportunity to potentially be the announcer for it. So it's things like that I look forward to. But I don't like fantasy book like, oh, one day I want to announce CM Punk versus well, I wouldn't mind announcing CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan now that uh, uh, Ryan Danielson, now that I uh, actually just said that, that would probably be a dream come true now that I think about it, actually. So, yeah, I would I would love to announce. I, I've never announced either one of them. And I look up and admire them both. And who knows, in the scope of wrestling, those two might be on opposite ends of each other. So I'd say probably uh, Brian Danielson and CM Punk. I'd love to announce that match. Sounds good to me. Ladies and gentlemen, Make sure you either get out. We still got tickets available. There's still tickets available, I believe, for the Deathmatch Circus. That's July 1st and 2nd and maybe Michigan. Or if you can't make it to the show, check it out on IWTV. Ladies and gentlemen, Larry fucking legend. Larry, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. It was an honor. After 20 years, I can say people actually want to sit down and conduct interviews with me, and that ain't half bad. Larry, thank you for joining us again, and we will see you at Circus, my friend. (laughs) That was Larry fucking legend, guys. Once again, we'd like to thank Larry for joining us. And don't forget, you can join in on the action, too. Coming up this weekend, July 1st and July 2nd, Deathmatch Circus. It's going to be at the Overseas Veterans Association on Blazer Road. So go check that out as there are some great tickets still left available. There's going to be a pig roast. There's going to be... There might be some uh, extra accoutrements, so to speak, after uh, the pit. So I hear... It's going to be fun. So make sure you check it out. With that, we would like to say thank you for joining us. But before we go, we'd like to thank Wake and Bake, Pro Wrestling Edge, Edge of the Mind, Sow Me the Money, Violent Femmes Conception, and the Monster Lab, all for being our sponsors. Make sure you go check out all those great shows. You can check most of them out on Twitch. You can check out Wake and Bake. Every morning, Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m., you can catch new episodes of the PWE guys, Pro Wrestling Edge, every Tuesday. Edge of the Mind drops every Wednesday. Show Me the Money drops as on Twitch every every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And you can catch the Monster Lab every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again very, very soon. And we hope to see you at the circus. Have a good night.